Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Excalibros. Yo, you almost had the same inflections of, of, as Jason then, um, when he uh, when he starts up the Snickcast. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it almost jingled the same way. Jingled the yes, same way. When I'm, when I'm tired, I sound like Jason. <laughs> About the uh, twang, is it? Is oh. that what you call it? Oh, I just twang. Oh my. No, no, you don't have the twang, Jason. Oh, okay. Doesn't really have a twang either. I don't know no. what I'm on. I'm just a stupid British person. I'm allowed to say that. I can't remember. <laughs> the country yet. I've said this before, but Jason reminds me. You ever watch Bob's Burgers? Uh, once or twice. Okay. There's one of the the Tina's uh, classmates. I forget his name. Uh, who's always like trying to wrestle. Has is a voice that's. It reminds me of Jason a lot. It's, anyway, uh, my brain is not working. I could just be, this could be filled with awkward silences as my brain doesn't work when we try to cover these books today. Oh, also, hey guys, we're covering comic books again. I, I forgot how to read in the time. <laughs> <laughs> I generally was like, ah, oh, I best go look at look for the next episode of Wait a Second. There's no more episodes of anything. Uh, no more episodes of anything. Um, unless we do what if at some point, but I have yet to watch any of it. So. Oh, uh, no, we don't need to like. We don't need to cover that. Um, but uh, today, covering X Factor eighty, uh, Excalibur thirty three, Exiles thirty four, and Gen X twenty two. Yes, because I started reading twenty one, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I read this already. And okay. Then, then, then I was like, yes, this is the one where they're in school and Jubilee's drawing on her test paper. Oh, right, right. I need to, because I, I, I got halfway through it before I even clicked that I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Well, Dan, if you don't mind, we'll uh, we'll knock uh, the uh, a rough one out out of the way. I'll 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 do Excalibur thirty three so we can we can move on from that. Um, so Excalibur number thirty three. Writer Chris Claremont, artist Ron Wagner, a letterer Tim Harkins, colorist John Wilcox, uh, and uh, this one is called Part Two of Girls School from Heck. Uh, and on the cover, we've got Captain Britain choking uh, Nightcrawler while they're being like uh, I don't know, emblazoned by yellow lightnings. Um, Megan is really ena- Megan and Rachel are enamored with uh, Nightcrawler getting choked out. With some sort of random background happening, uh, I do kind of like uh, the cover. Um, I, I don't know something about these poses uh, is really uh, I don't know cartoony. But uh, what, what do you think of this cover? I actually quite like the cover. It feels like because um, I like the idea that they're both like cheerleaders. Yep, yep. <laughs> I actually kind of like the cover. Um, I thought maybe we'd have a fun little issue. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was right. Who knows? Well, I read these a while ago, so we'll see how much I remember of them, because it's it's not a lot. Uh, I don't even know where we left off. Like, are we? Are, they're back, right? They're back in the universe. They're not in, in our universe. Like, where are they at the moment? They're back in the universe. Kitty's at boarding school, right? For, for reasons, was it Saturnine that sent her to boarding school? Right. Rest is um. Oh my God, Courtney Roth. <laughs> right. So, uh, for some reason, 
Uh, oh, this is back when they were trying to introduce football to England, and I guess they it succeeded a little bit American football uh, over there. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. It's only taken 30 years to get the, the toehold in there, I guess. Um, and uh, Megan dancing like a cheerleader. Uh, they're excited, and then we see that uh, there's a, some sort of circus uh, in town with the X-Men involved. I don't know what's happening. Uh, it, it all feels, it all still feels like they're in another universe. Meanwhile, Kirk is um, jumping off of the lighthouse and practicing his aerobatics and, and teleporting upward uh, until uh, he has a mishap and almost dies. Until Rachel saves him and tells him, "Hey, uh, chill out, man." Um, meanwhile, someone with uh, red hair comes to visit. Is it Jean Grey or is it someone else? I don't know. It all feels very odd. Um, then uh, Captain Britain comes home and starts to beat up Nightcrawler for, I don't know, reasons. People are enamored. Uh, and then who would show up but uh, um, uh, Mr. Green Man himself? Mesmero, hmm? is it? Yeah, yeah, Mesmero shows up and he's captured the Excalibarians. Um, <laughs> uh, meanwhile, at boarding school, Kitty's doing the worst karate in the. <laughs> in the schoolyard possible this kick on the bottom panel uh looks terrible this looks like the kick uh that the the kid who did that like star wars uh video in his garage would do uh this looks awful she's practicing uh and all the other girls in uh at school are watching and, and making fun of her uh meanwhile this whole book is painfully colored there's like color bleeding happening it's muddy uh I don't. I think the the inking is is kind of heavy here, especially with the the women as well. Like I don't. This is a really ugly book, Dan. I think it's just a bit of a mess. Yes. Yeah. Um. Uh. Then the, the girls are making fun of Kitty, and then she throws some at one of their faces. Uh. I think I don't, they're upset. There's this fighting going to be happening. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Kitty at home. Uh. There are no lights. Uh, she lives in the dark, or they forgot to color these pages. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened here, uh, but she sneaks out. Um, I don't know for reasons. I, I, I kind of stopped paying attention to this book at, at this point and just tried to really bust through it. Uh, meanwhile, Mesmero is is doing stuff. He starts kissing people, and um, I totally checked out of the book. <laughs> <laughs> is it worth reading? I don't know. Uh, Kitty at the end uh, is confronting people. Things happened. I, I really, really, uh, I read this before, but uh, I, I obviously, my, my brain in some sort of self-defense erased everything that happened after a certain point because it's so ugly and, and uh, unimportant. Uh, Dan, what did you think of this book? Well, right. So, I, so it's, it's, it's like... The boarding school thing seems really bizarre. Like he's playing on a, a, a um, sort of English stereotype trope of like English uh-huh. boarding school, right. but it's viewed through a very American high school lens. Sure. So it doesn't make sense in my brain because, <laughs> like, this is one of these Claremont. I've listened. I've read a magazine about contemporary British television sure. and will. EastEnders and Coronation Street, not really, not realizing how many people actually watch those shows, and then pretend that some random sports show about American football, which, no offense to him, um, is better 
or something. Um, <laughs> and I know Megan likes it, but like, and then this weird like sort of, I don't like Megan's never talked like that before. <laughs> like at the beginning, she's never really sounded like that before. No. She sounds bizarre. Um, but I actually kind of enjoy the whole classic, like a classic stupid supervillain plot of like I'm brainwashing the team, but it doesn't doesn't really hold my attention because the rest of it is just Kitty at school, Kitty with the bullies, Kitty decides to do something and then rallies them all together at the end. Yeah, the end. Yeah, and it, it just didn't. It just doesn't work with me. Like. Some of the some of the actual line work isn't too bad here and there. Um, the color work is okay at the beginning of the book. Yes, but it's very yes, it's the pra- second half. It obviously takes a turn. Yeah, because it's not just the coloring, like the inking. Like there's only like yes. one ink, right? And the inking just like it's like someone said, oh, um, just over ink it. <laughs> um, I wonder if like, oh, sorry, the colors ran out of time. Can you just like put a lot of black into these last eight pages? It just the because I know it's supposed to imitate like the darkness that she's like hiding and, and whatever. Hence why everyone's in shadows. But it just doesn't it doesn't come across like that. No, nope. it's supposed to be a bonfire right at the end or something like a lantern or something. But the I light is, the the light doesn't make sense. No, not at all. So because it's coming from all the like they're being highlighted in all directions. It's kind of like oh yeah they are weird. yeah. Um, it just felt to me like some sort of coloring error or something happened, like a some sort of gross mismanagement of what was supposed to be on the page. But yeah, it wasn't. It's not a pleasant. Um, it was like a, a really forgettable read, but it's not a pleasant book to look at uh, no. half the time. So it just it just seems like this. Someone like, that's just sort of like given up on the the title. Yep, yep. We thought that before. Oh, we were like, ah, uh, he's he's obviously moved on to other other things. This is uh, an afterthought in his process. I will. Uh, it is worth mentioning that Excalibur kind of figures out that if Katie, if Kitty isn't in other uh, dimensions, maybe she's just somewhere on regular Earth. So they're gonna try and find her. That's that's really the only important piece to all this. Yeah. And um. Yeah, I don't want to talk about this issue anymore if we don't have to. No, we can just um, jump on to the next <laughs> one. All right, Dan, uh, dealer's choice. What do you want? Um, I'll do Gen X first because it's right in front of me. Okay. So Gen X 22 um, with a horrible font. But anyway, a horrible font for the writers and everything. But Scott Lovedell is writing with a ghostwriter called Michael Wright. Um, we've got... Uh, Bacalo back on pencils, um, Alve and Scott Hanna on inks, Steve Butcherlo on colours, and Richard Starkings and Comic Craft on letters. Mm-hmm. They've all got like, because it's a Halloween issue, they've all got clever names. Mm. Uh, and the front cover is A Nightmare of Things to Come, which is um, a giant spooky monster, uh, creature man, and a slightly sleepy uh, Emma Frost. Oh, it could have been Paige. It's definitely Emma, I think. <laughs> With a two turn back. I'm not a massive fan. I, I, I kind of like the I like the concept of it yeah. more than the execution. Yeah, well, for sure. And, you know, before you, you get going, uh, it's worth mentioning that uh, a lot of these issues are just not available anywhere. Uh, they're not on Marvel Unlimited. 
So we've had to go through, you know, other means to get some of these. So I don't know uh, the quality of, of the art we're going to see. It, you know, uh, I just want to put it out there that some of, of of that may be due to the fact that we're we're getting like you know fan scans of of, of issues, etc. So um, it may not be as clear or as nice. And I don't want to put that necessarily on the art team uh, if we're you know we're getting these sort of like second copy of a copy. Exactly, and there is hope because they've just started releasing Gen X as epic collections, like they do with X X Factor and that the big oh, books that. Nice. I've so they'll be reprinted and hopefully we'll reprint the whole run and it'll be a nice little thing to... Good, good, good. But anyway, um, this is a book of three stories. One story is Paige and Banshee taking our young kids out uh, to a Halloween festival. Mm-hmm. We've got Ian Leach who are allowed to run around because, it, you know, where everyone's wearing masks, so they're allowed to be free. And they have Franklin freshly back from being kidnapped uh, by Onslaught slash his parents have vanished dead mm-hmm. question mark um and there's some really nice touching moments between i think Paige is a bit forward with the whole what about your daughter <laughs> did you oh, yeah. raise her? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit forward but it, I, I, it's kind of a cute sort of character driven piece and i really love um we'll talk about the art in a second the art is just brilliant this is like backler for me this is backler back on his you know back on the title be doing doing what he mm-hmm. does best Mm-hmm. Um, but this is also Lobdell doing what he does best, which is what he did at the beginning of this title before it was like in every, just had like a really bad run of badness. It's really bad way of describing. <laughs> yeah. it. But it, like it's very character driven. Like yes. last issue, um, uh, Paige and um, Sean have a really great sort of moments together, and the kids are great. And when Franklin has, has a bit of a sort of he misses his mum and dad. Page oh yeah, there's a really in. nice moment with Paige, yeah. yeah. There's a really, like, these characters feel like they used to, and they're talking, and then um, we have the second sort of sub, they're all kind of sub-stories. There's no main driving one, really. All of them feel kind of like uh, B-plots to a plot that we don't, we haven't seen yet. <laughs> um, right. So the other B-plot is the other Halloween plot, which is the um, we've got M, Jubilee, Skin and Chamber. Skin and Chamber just recently got back from LA, and they're just scaring a bunch of um sort of dudes who are going to come egg the school right and uh, they just have a bit of fun and emma's watching on and the main you consider the main thrust of the plot which is the front cover is emma is visited by nightmare the the the, the really uh, the doctor strange villain who mm. can't get into his realm because of some woman and uh emma helps him and he gives emma a a vision of the future yet yep. to come just about around the corner and it's really fun it's really fun and playful because emma is like just done with him before, oh, as yeah. he arrives and i just i just, was just like that is exactly what i wanted from emma just like yeah, oh, right, yeah. Mate. um everyone sounds really well i really really like the pages the page layout it's the little monsters the zombies. oh yeah everything is fantastic uh, nightmare in the book is really well defined the color work is on point everything like this is just like the use of um black and white space and dark like empty spaces in this book as as, as opposed to excalibur <laughs> uh, is completely different is one's like how not to do it and the other is how to do it and it's just such a, a completely different contrast 
um i just i really enjoyed it it's just a really nice read i think it's really pleasant like all the characters are really fun and playful all the story beats are really interesting um i'm not too bothered about her seeing the future because lobdell's probably leaving the book in like a day so whatever right. um but i just enjoyed seeing it and it was nice to see like the art team just go crazy and do whatever they wanted in all of the borders so, yeah yeah no i no, I, I love him being able to Anytime he can do his little doodles and stuff outside the panels is always wonderful. Uh, I think it is worth noting that uh, Bakalov's artwork has, his style has changed here, where uh, things are a little bit cuter, like cuter faces, a little bit simpler. Um, you know, it, it looks different than the first, you know, eight issues of, of this book, right? Uh, his, his art style has evolved, like especially you see Monet and Jubilee look a little bit more childish, if that makes sense. Uh, and Emma has a very, like, like cuter, I don't know, less adulty sort of face, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, this is just like he's evolved into what he will become. Essentially. Yeah, he's well, he's yeah. not quite there yet, but he's evolving into that at the moment. Um, and it it can be a little bit, I don't know, it's cartoony in a different way than his other stuff is cartoony. Uh, but it's it still feels like him. It's just you know worth noting that this change is happening. Um, I also wanted to note that Sean is wearing like a Celtics. Uh, jacket uh there's there's a basketball team in boston called the celtics it's a different logo um uh i don't know if there's like a celtics uh i don't know there's a um a celtic um football club in scotland not right right Um, but but it's not this logo either i just find it hilarious that that someone was like oh yeah he's irish so he'll 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 support that irish team in a city that he's not from it's very strange to me that let's just like, all right, we'll lump him in there. Um, and his, oh, and his jacket changes colors too. It was red and then it becomes green. So who knows? I just thought that was very hilarious. Uh, I, I love Nightmare showing up. Uh, I think your points about the darkness, uh, especially compared to Excalibur, were great. And I love Emma's tone of dealing with him. Uh, it was it was a it was a fun read, dude. It was good to have a a, a great Gen X issue. It was, and it's just, I just, I don't know. There's, it feels like this is sort of more of a, because Emma goes through a massive change, and it feels more like, this feels more like a modern take on Emma, yeah. um, as opposed to what she was just a, a handful of issues ago, where she was a bit schemier. This is more feels like a, mm-hmm. like if, if, if Nightmare had shown up now. <laughs> on right. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's just a great, it's probably my favourite out of all the ones we read. So. That was excellent. All right. Well, uh, we'll move on to X-Factor number 80, uh, written by Peter David, pencils by Larry Stroman, inks Al Milgram, letters Michael Heisler, colors Glennis Oliver. Uh, And Dan, I got to say, it was so wonderful to see this art team back on this book. Uh, It's just stunning. (laughs) Like this, like it's great when we get a Bacalo and a Stroman book. Uh, at the same time, uh, especially when we have Oliver doing the colors here. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, it's just a gorgeous book. Uh, on the cover, we've got Havoc and uh, a few team members facing off against, I don't even remember their names. These sort of... Uh, the Bells. The Bells. <laughs> they've all got like elemental powers. Uh, they're attacking. It's. I want to say the cover is probably the weakest artwork uh, of the issue for me. It's it's very standard, like villains coming, heroes facing them, uh, yeah. against a, a boring background. Yeah, it's not the 
feels like it was just like done because it has to be done rather than right. the rest. Especially when you look at the first page of the actual book. <laughs> yes. The first page opens up. It's a Wayne's World parody. Uh, it's funny. Uh, Polaris is in like nine, early 90s bikini wear with her giant flowing hair. It is superb. <laughs> I love it. Like Rain's having this crazy dream. Um, Alex has like a mullet <laughs> and long like hair banging hair. Uh, it's 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 absurd. Uh, then then the brood attack. Uh, I I quite like uh, the take on brood here, and the color work here is always spectacular. Anytime we get Oliver on here, it's great. But um, it's just gorgeous, Dan. That panel of her like shocked. <laughs> yeah. To the side is just the best. Uh, she wakes up. She's in like the waiting room at the hospital because. Um, Lorna had been injured. Uh, her her jaw has been wired shut. Uh, she had been attacked. Um, and I just want to comment again about, uh, you know, we had Bacalo with his amazing page layouts. And here Strowman is not being outdone. We've got panels bleeding into other panels with people standing on top of each other. Uh, I, I love, we've got um, Strong Guy, uh, you know, looking down at Lorna in the bed. And there's a panel underneath him. And he's sort of standing on his own head, like, as the panels bleed into each other, it's, uh, I, it's, I'm going to be very sad when Strowman's no longer on this book. Let's drop it. So, uh, Lone has been attacked and they're trying to figure out who it is. Uh, meanwhile, Quicksilver and multiple men are on their own case, trying to track someone down. They have some banter between each other and they speed off. Uh, and they're, um, Trying to find evidence someplace, uh, so they're Quicksilver's dodging all over. Multiple men is multiplying himself, and they're they just they just it's like it's like a prequel to uh, uh, X Factor Investigations, but you know 20 years earlier. Um, meanwhile, uh, we've got the Bells trying to get some information. Uh, they're showing how brutal they are. Um, I don't know. What do you think about these villains? Do they stand out to you at all? Um, not really. I think like they're striking, but only because they've been because of the art team. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think they're quite um sort of okay, but they're not yeah. like yeah. blow me away with. I want to see them all the time. One yeah. of them has rain, rain's hair. Yes, yes. <laughs> um. So Quicksilver and and Jamie are trying to free a mutant who's trapped in jail, but she uses her singing powers or music powers to escape. Um, uh, I, I love uh, this panel here of her saying, uh, keep doing it. Her eyes are closed. Her hand is like reaching out to the camera with the, the uh, song notes flying at us. It's just uh, exceptional work here. Um, she escapes. Meanwhile, X-Factor is guarding someone else who's going to be attacked by the bells. Um, Rain's hair is on point. Uh, this is great. I don't even know why, but uh, this panel where they're playing cards, Rain is like in front of the camera. She's like in black, but highlighted in red. I don't know why she would be colored that way, but I still think it looks brilliant. It looks fantastic. It's so like, um, what's the word? Kind of like pop, not pop art. It's kind of like a like an Art Deco way of. Yeah. Her, her lines are just amazing. I love that the X is highlighted as well in like the yes. most common way possible <laughs> oh, oh this book is, is gorgeous um 
And then they are attacked by the bells. And, uh, you know, we get some great panels of, of rain close up. Uh, they're dodging fire. Um, then then we're back to Quicksilver and Madrox as panels overlay over panels, overlay over people, overlay over scenes. Uh, it's like some kind of crazy um, film noir poster happening. <laughs> uh, that's the best I can put it. Uh, then we, we just jump back to our, our X-Factor people just, just fighting, just a lot of fighting poses. Um, they're dynamic, they're angular, uh, they're gorgeous, they're, they're, they're colored uh, very brightly, which, uh, you know, Oliver really knows how to highlight that. And uh, people get punched, buildings explode. It's it's just, uh, there's not a whole lot to talk about, you know, uh, this character is going through this. It's just, you know, rock'em, sock'em action happening here. What, what did you think of, of these action pages? The the pages are great. I think um, David's getting a nice handle as well on the dialogue. Making oh, yeah. It still a bit it's still a bit sort of like marbles in the mouth sometimes mm-hmm. um, but i think the we're kind of here for the bombastic art yes. and yes like david's doing a good job obviously but it's the art that's kind of like showcasing what can be done in a comic book format and it sure. just looks fantastic um I don't even know. I know this guy at the end of the book was in a few things and people really wanted him to happen because of image comics. But I just yes. I'm like, what, who the hell are you? <laughs> I've forgotten who you are. Yep, his name is Cyber and I think he has adamantium arms, right? God. Um, <laughs> he, he does look like something out of an early image, like a, a Rob Liefeld creation, sort of. They're, they're obviously trying to draw that crowd into the book. Uh, it looks dumb. But, uh, I mean, it was the early 90s, and this is where we are. <laughs> so uh, there will be some fighting with him next issue. Um, but, you know, then uh, this, uh, it was a fun read. Um, there's, there's, you know, Peter David brings his, his signature comedy. It's it's sort of moving away from, like, a little too corny to, to more enjoyable humor. Um, great, I don't know about great character moments, but each each character feels unique. They feel like themselves, uh, and it's super gorgeous. Like uh, if if it, it's hard for me to pick whether I like Gen X or this issue better. I, I think Gen X had better character moments, but I, I think the artwork here outshines Bacalo. So um, you know it's a tough choice to make, but uh, I, I thought this issue was spectacular. It is really good. It was a really fun read, to be honest. Um, and again, use of dark and uh, ink and decent um not to bag on excalibur <laughs> and uh, it's just such a great looking book and i think even if there wasn't any words it just yes. it would still be one of the highlights to read um yeah it, it's just, worth mentioning david doesn't like clutter it up like sometimes he can like there's when there's actions happening he's like i'm gonna let that speak for itself and have sparing uh word bubbles here exactly it's always good. But yes, it was, it was a great comic. Oh, man. I'm so glad we're reading this, at least at this moment. <laughs> I may regret this in like a year, but at this very moment, I'm very glad we're covering this book. Well, um, if we're moving on, I think it's free for free, to be fair. Um, mm-hmm. With Exiles 34, um, which is written by uh, Jude Winnick, uh, penciled by... I want to say it's Jim Calafiore. Um, one one second, sorry, I had uh, my headphones di- disconnected there for 
<laughs> a sec. I'm, I'm back. I'm here. Uh, if you want, trying to. Uh, the art is penciler Jim Calfiore. Yep. Yep. Um, could be anyone. Um, let's just pick one. Tom Mandrake. Is he? Nah, it's not Tom Mandrake. It's Eric Inker? Cameron. Uh, yeah. Mark. It's because See, see, if I took a screen, uh, if I took a picture of my uh, thing and showed everyone, they'd understand that it's like what? Right. <laughs> I love this, this guessing thing. game that we yeah. do each time. Now. <laughs> uh, the colorist is still transparency digital, according to this book. Yep. And uh, the letter could either be, I want to say it's Paul Trifone, but it could be David Sh- Dave Sharp. Dave um, Sharp. I see. I was wrong there. Mm. But um, the cover is. Um, uh, Spider Girl, Spider Woman, I think in this mm-hmm. universe. And, and the cover um, is actually by Tom Feister and Tony Harris. That's why it's so, Tony. That's why it's so familiar. Um, yes, it's um, Sunfire and uh, Spider Woman on the front cover, and it's quite nice actually. To be yeah, fair. yeah, I like the the subtle coloring here, and um, it really does portray accurately what what. What those characters experience in the issue. Uh, spoiler, uh, it's a pretty good issue. Yeah, um, to boil it down, because we seem to be doing quite quite nice and um, uh, lean character yes. uh, plot summaries. To boil it down, um, TJ and Mariko end up in Las Vegas, in the, the world where the um, V-Locks, uh, the, the mutant warlock creatures, mm-hmm balanced people had taken over and obviously they'd um, defeated most of them with the use of uh, four and the Asgardians and they end up there because they've time all the all the exiles have been scattered throughout the multiverse and they spend quite a lot of time there <laughs> and yeah. uh, Mariko manages to uh, have a decent go at a relationship with Spider-Woman essentially um, yes. is it Mary and they it's really sweet and tender moments and tj's tj's trying to uh tell her not to get too attached because mm-hmm. because they had no idea if they're going to teleport on tj is quite mission focused and she's not really is the book's not really about her anyway right um she's quite like we need to you know prepare for possibly leaving but they've been going on missions with the the avengers of this world and um there's some really sweet moments about these two characters asking about when they knew they were gay and they have little like loving moments have a, a bit of an argument in the cinema about like their future and then it's right. utterly bittersweet where everything seems okay and everything's going great and in the midst of a conversation and the feeling of a bath uh the exiles are whisked away and um spider spider woman is is left uh alone and echoes what uh, Mariko said to her um, a little while ago which is a really sweet way of ending ending the book and I think this is a really nice um, and uh, book to be honest a really positive representation um, and a really loving story especially for especially for the time um, like 2001 to you know early 2000s like gay characters weren't everywhere and it was just right. nice to have um someone sort of deal with it with some respect a little, a little bit and it was also very bittersweet that um it was a doomed relationship from the start mm. but um 
I think it's really well written. And to be honest, for books that's mainly talking heads, I think the art team do really well. Um, and I think kind of the, the the pencil work by Califiori is m- just really emotive and mm. really works. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I, I think he's really good at like a facial. Yes. Acting. Exactly. Exactly. And it's what the book needed. I think the color work is still in that weird digital phase where, yeah. um, for some reason, it looks like it always looks like TJ's put like white uh, foundation, like, like like almost like white foundation around her eyes and face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, the 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 color work isn't perfect, but the whole package really does like it it's works funny well. in places. It's, yeah. it's quite heartfelt, and um, it's a really like solid sort of um character piece mm-hmm. which we don't which some and it's a character that we don't really get doesn't really get to shine in this exactly. book so it was nice nice that one issue was just like boom done dusted there you go um so yeah, yeah i actually really enjoyed it so i loved it I, I thought it was great i mean you knew it was going to end bittersweetly but like you still wanted her to have uh you know that nice relationship Uh, it's really like that the the tear running down uh spider woman's face at the end is is so sad but like so like you really feel it and and you mentioned like the face faces are so emotive here um i really like there's a scene where they're in bed and uh it's nighttime and you've got like the uh uh, great use of black here like they're in the dark and and you know the moon is shining in from outside and you see the panels not the panels. You see, like the, the window panes uh, draped across them. I think uh, I think it looks quite. Uh, I don't know. It just it felt it really added to the atmosphere uh, of the two of them. It felt intimate and it also, uh, you know, artistic in a in a in a sweet way. I, I really appreciated this issue. Yeah, it's really like they focus really heavily on it being a really well executed uh, piece of song. Mm-hmm. And it 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 shows because there's so much going on, like just in the facial features and the facial yes. expressions as just the dialogue. Like the dialogue is 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 really sweet, but it can also you know there's I was like it sometimes could be construed as like past the line of um, preachy in certain places, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't think it to me it didn't like ruin. I'd be interested to see what people thought of it at the time. But, right. Um, like going back on it, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, um, if we're looking back on it, you know, 15 years later, trying to judge it uh, in terms of, you know, mature storytelling, it doesn't hold up to, you know, what might be created today. But I feel like for the time it came out, this is this is uh, really excellent. I don't want to say attempt because they succeed in, in a lot of this, but, you know, an excellent attempt of, of telling this story. And um, it, it really made me feel for this, you know, a character who we've, who's been in the book for, I don't know, 22 issues or something. And we haven't really had a moment with her uh, for her to, to get the shine here was was really sweet. It was. It was a good one. All right. Well, uh, now we sort of blasted through these books, Dan. Uh, but that uh, that was our, our coverage of, of these four uh comic books you believe it we're talking comic books that was crazy but at least they were like mostly great um (laughs) yes 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 they were mostly great and uh hopefully excalibur will resurrect itself 
uh, between now and the next 175 issues that we cover. So yeah, <laughs> some really interesting things to come. I think. Um, yeah. Uh, I feel like at the moment it's just decided it doesn't want to exist. Um, yeah, it's sort of circling the drain here. It feels like, unfortunately. Yeah. But, uh, but Dan, this is great. Um, I love I love being able to talk comic books with you again. You, you got any other any recommendations or anything else you want to shout out? Um, I have been reading um, Tom Taylor's. Uh, all new Wolverine, which is awesome, and I've also been reading Tom Taylor's Suicide Squad, which he recently did, which is also awesome. <laughs> a bit nice. of a Tom Taylor. Um, yeah, they're the only two things I, I'd like show out, I think, because they're both like solid, mm-hmm. um, massive Suicide Squad fans. So it was interesting to read something I actually like. <laughs> is, it, is it is it Suicide Squad where like people are dying all over the place? It's kind of like. It, it has not really many of the original, like the, the the there's like a lot of death in the first one, but it's essentially just his sort of group of new characters, and mm-hmm. they want to sort of big bring down, um, sort of change the world. They're sort of like te- like terrorists, but you kind of agree with them slightly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So um, they kind of want to bring down the whole sort of system. It's kind of an interesting book. It's completely different to other Suicide Squad books I've read. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Then the only things I'd recommend at the moment. All right. Well, I haven't really had time to read any comic books uh, recently. Uh, I will uh, shout out. There's a new show uh, called Reservation Dogs uh, by Taika Waititi. And I forget the other creator's name, but this is I feel like this is important. Let me look this up here. Uh, but it is um, a show uh, about uh, like teenage uh, Native Americans on a reservation in like Oklahoma, um, which is not a, a show or concept or a book you really get to see that much of. Uh, and uh, I know Taika has really highlighted you know Native stories. So um, not only is it great to have like that th- those people who get to tell their stories, this is a story you don't get to see very much, so it's very intriguing. Plus the you know. It's fun characters and it's funny, but also like heartwarming. Uh, I would totally recommend uh, Reservation Dogs. Uh, it's on Hulu here in the states. I don't know if you have it or able to watch it. I saw it yesterday because I think it's on Amazon Prime in cool. our country. Um, but it's it's Taika Waititi and Sterling Harjo. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, but he's a, a Native American filmmaker. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think two episodes are out now, and they were both uh, you know it's not like you're gonna belly laugh at these, uh, but there's there's funny moments and uh, it, it, it's you know sweet. It uh, I would you know just really enjoying that show. Um, oh, and I'm also watching. Uh, you know, Ian might like this. Uh, I on Netflix they got a bunch of Gundam stuff up right now, Dan. And uh, as I exercise at home, I'm, I'm watching that on, on TV. So uh, they've got the original series from like 1979 or 1981 uh, boiled down into three movies. So oh, cool. uh, I blasted through those um, and uh, I, I've seen them before, but it, it's kind of interesting to watch them again. And uh, I watched Char's Counterattack. And uh, now I'm about to watch uh, Gundam Unicorn, I think. Oh yeah, I saw that Gundam was 
So I'll get round. We'll get round to watching things. Um, at the moment, he's watching an anime called Darwin's Game. Oh, yeah. Which is, it's uh basically there's like an app on your phone which puts you in a game which is obviously because it's anime it's a game where you're gonna have to kill people and right. everyone has like a unique power uh, uh it's kind of like conceptually it's kind of interesting in a sort of way it feels like you've seen it before a little bit but right, right. it's kind of like we're watching that and the promised neverland which is about like kids being bred to be eaten i don't know if that's a spoiler <laughs> it feels like a spoiler that feels like a big spoiler. You find out the first episode. <laughs> all right, we find out the first episode. That's not a spoiler. That's all right. It's about the it's about the um, main uh, three kids trying to devise a plan of escape, essentially. Cool. Um, which wasn't too bad. Well, we haven't finished it yet, but it's been actually kind of interesting. Um, yeah, Ian's had a massive um, make kit. He watched a few stars and a lot of like random stuff. Uh, recently, whereas I nice. just watched uh, never. We watched Never Ever Ever, and what did I? I'm watching something called Cruel Summer, which is set in the 90s through three different time, three different years, and it's about like the disappearance of a girl. It's a. It's, I don't know if I like it or I'm just watching it because I'm morbidly curious if they can pull it off. I don't, <laughs> you know. <what> I mean? <laughs> in 1993, and it's got like all the songs from 1993. Oh and it's boy. About, it's like the geeky girl and the popular girl. And then the second year, and then it's 1994 where, the, where she's the popular girl now because the popular girls vanished, like disappeared. Oh, okay. In 1995, you find out that the popular girl was actually like abducted. Ooh. Uh, um, she's back now and she's like, uh, for some reason, I won't say anything because it's kind of like a, a big reveal. Okay. But for some reason, um, the geeky girl has gone full circle and she's like ostracized by people and the popular girls kind of like gone not crazy but she's quite emotional which is understandable with the fact that she, you know <laughs> she was abducted mm. and, and there's part of it parts of it that i'm like okay okay i can get behind it and then other parts i'm like mm, no nah, i'm not bothered because <laughs> <So, laughs> i was watching american gods and i'm uh, and then i was like oh, what's this on because my amazon prime has the most weirdest recommendations it decided to tell me yesterday night when i was looking for a film to watch that in the comedy section parasite you know the um korean right right is a comedy right and so it's schindler's list and i was like (laughs) who who made this algorithm and i was on prime uk like how is schindler's list a comedy and there's like heartfelt drama and stuff like that and it's like pixels horrible adam sandler film and i'm like i think i I don't know if I've gone crazy or my Amazon's right. gone crazy. <laughs> Damn it. But yeah, um, but um, as you probably noticed, because I keep posting online, is I'm watching loads of uh, DC animated films. Right. So. Did you watch I'm The just... Long Halloween yet? No, no, I'm going to watch it. Now I've got the second part. I haven't actually watched the first part yet. I was waiting to get both of them and just oh. having a massive go of it. Cool. So um, I was like, screw it. I'm actually, um, if anyone actually buys them or wants to buy them, the, even if you didn't like the like even if the film's not particularly good, the special features about making animation, oh, and, like cool. voice and like storyboarding and mm-hmm. storyboarding special effects and stuff like that. There's actual the technical um stuff and the retrospectives on different DC characters and different DC sort of concepts is well worth like 
if you're a massive if you're a DC fan at all, they're well worth watching just them, as opposed mm-hmm. to just like um the new fan new frontier is one of the uh, my favorite purchases because of all the retrospectives about Darren Cook's work oh, and nice. stuff like this and uh, just talking um, and seeing interviews and talking about like how bringing it to screen and, like I, I is it just this, I'm not a big fan of Justice League War but I actually really enjoyed the making uh, like the differences that go into into making a storyboard um, and what gets cut right. and like and a really frank discussion about how like you see like really cool storyboard um, um, animated storyboards and mm-hmm. it's watching you're watching the film at the same time. And like, they're like, oh, this is what we wanted to do, but right. this is what happened. <laughs> and so yeah, like, exactly. you know, <laughs> and it's like really fascinating. You're like, ah, oh. and like some of it's like, oh, I, I, I understand why they, you know, cleaned that up or changed it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a weird like sort of, It's almost like going back to doing film studies all over again. Um, That's so, yeah. cool. I, I had no idea that uh, they had so many special features. I know I was surprised you just put like um I just put a disc in which I thought was just gonna be like plain old vanilla um you know like play movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was features and I went oh what special features and it was like uh, this was the I got like a Batman pack and it was like uh, the animated film about Bat- is it the Return of Batwoman or something the one that then boosted him did ages and ages ago and um before um Batwoman was like reintroduced as a lesbian she was in that that film when it's like free Batwoman. oh right anyway, right yeah i am um, looked at special features and it was like uh um interview with voice voicing um director and it was like look on how to do matte paintings for backgrounds for animation i was like what the hell um yeah, <laughs> yeah it's worth looking into if you're interested in any of that kind of stuff but yeah we All talked right, more about well. that. Yeah, we talked about things on TV rather, rather right, than... Right, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I, I mean we, we'll save the, the X-Men talk for when we're back with Jason, but a lot of moving pieces happening over there that leave me with feelings of trepidation and, and worry, but, you know, we'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe we should all go to Substack as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, if... if if Hickman wants to put our podcast on Substack, I'm not gonna. Uh, not... <laughs> that definitely um, turn some people's noses up. <laughs> He'd be like, um, "Feel free to talk as much about Jordan D. White as you want," and I'm like, "Okay, we will. <laughs> we will. <laughs> we will not hold back." Um, <laughs> anyway, Dan, uh, this is uh, so much fun. I'm, I'm glad we got to chat. Glad we got to talk books. And uh, maybe you can let uh, everyone know where to find us. <clears throat> Sorry, I just have to clear my throat, apparently. Um, you can find us on podbean.com forward slash Excalibros, where all of our episodes are. You can find us on Twitter at Excalibros1, where we put up the links to our episodes. And you can find us by just typing Excalibros into Google, and you should see us on iTunes and Stitcher and all the other places that have like, Spotify audio. and Google. Yep, we're everywhere. Yep. Which is great. Yep. Well, Dan, thanks so much. And I guess we'll uh, we'll talk to everybody next time. Thank you and bye. Bye-bye. All right. Awesome. It was great.